0: Victory family. Hey guys. Hey, let's welcome everybody, everybody who's joining us online. Turkey, Colombia, Nigeria. What's up here in Atlanta and also around the world? Welcome in. Um, hey, I, uh, I remember when I was 14 years old uh, is when I became a Christian and I grew up in a Christian home. And until that point, I knew that I was supposed to read the Bible. But when I became a Christian, I actually wanted to read the Bible, right? And, but I didn't really know where to start. I wasn't brave enough to start in the Old Testament because I knew I would hit Leviticus and then I would never read the Bible again as a 14-year-old. I didn't know what to do with that. So I, I like opened up the book of Acts. I read Revelation, I read the book of John and I remember being shocked by what I read, not shocked because it was inappropriate, not shocked because it was boring. I remember being shocked because I thought it would be boring, but it was actually so exciting. I remember, I remember being shocked because what I found in the pages of the Bible was, was the life that I didn't think was possible, but it was the life that I had always wanted. It was the life that we all try and scratch that itch with sin and living for the world, but I actually found that it was possible to be found in God, and God alone. And I was shocked because I found Jesus saying things like this in John 14, verse 12. Get this. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever, everybody say "whoever." whoever. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And I was like, wait, hold up. Because I had read just enough of the things that Jesus had done. Like, I remember reading this and I'm like, "Like, hold on. Like, because like Jesus like heals the sick and he cast out demons. Come on, blind people see, dead people are raised, lepers get healed. Jesus speaks words and, and the people's hearts are gripped and they repent of sin and they turn back to God. Like, you mean like I can do that sort of stuff? And and he, he goes on, he says, and greater works will he do than these, because I am going to the Father. And it's not that we're gonna do greater miracles, but we're gonna do more miracles because Jesus isn't here to do them. So how is he gonna do them? He's gonna do them through us because whatever we ask in his name, that he will do, that the Father may be glorified and the Son. And Jesus says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And then he continues on, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In other words, there's still a way that we're called to live. But the question is this, How are we ever gonna do what Jesus did? And how are we ever gonna live like Jesus lived? How are we gonna do it? He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Oh, it's about to be good. To be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and he will be in. You and I love this, guys. Jesus looks at his disciples and he tells them the same thing that he tells us. He says, Whoever believes in me will do the same things that I've been doing. We got any whoever's in here today? Come on, I, come on, whoever's who believe in Jesus. I love it. He doesn't say all the, all the pastors who believe in Jesus. All the apostles who believe in Jesus, all the super Christians who believe in Jesus, all the people who fasted 21 days in January who believe in Jesus. Come on. All the people who didn't hit up the club this week who believe come on. He says, whoever. Come on, one more time. We got whoever's. Whoever believes in Jesus. And why, why? Why is he saying this? Because he's saying, I'm going to the Father, but these works have to continue. So how are the works gonna continue? Because he says, the works that I've been doing, now it's your turn. Come on, everybody say it with me, now it's my turn. Now it's my turn. Come on, one more time, now it's my turn. Now it's my turn. Guys, victory family, there, there's a whole lot of mess in this world today, right? We got pandemics, we got wars, we got government sponsored wickedness, but there ain't nothing new under the sun. Right, There will be no peace until Jesus returns. There will be no heaven on earth until God recreates it all. And in the meantime, we, God has a call in this house to reach a million people in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's a lot of work to do. And here's what I know, we can't do it on our own. We need help. I cannot heal a deaf person. I cannot raise a dead person. Come on, I already broke all 10 commandments this morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, I cannot do this in my own strength. I need help. And it's to all of that that Jesus says, guys, don't worry. I'm not gonna leave you as orphans because when I go, I'm gonna send another. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to help you, to empower you to live the life that I've already shown you. And over the past two weeks, we've been diving in to the amazing reality of who Jesus introduces us to, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I love this, guys. God the Father is sitting securely on his throne right now, come on, ruling and reigning above all the mess. God is not freaking out right now, okay? Sitting at his right hand is Jesus Christ, who is waiting on pins and needles to come back for his bride, to come back for us. The second coming of Jesus Christ is right around the corner, we know this. But until that day, he's sitting, but the Holy Spirit is right here. And this is what we've landed on the last two weeks, that the Holy Spirit is God with us, and the Holy Spirit is God in us but there's more, there's more. Because right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he gathers all of his disciples together and he gives them the, the last red letters um, here on earth, the last things that Jesus actually said in the flesh. And how many of you know, if you're in the hospital, you just boop, boop, boop and it's, it's, that's about to happen. You're gonna gather your family around. You ain't talking about Netflix. You, you ain't talking about like, hey man, you owe me some money. Like you, you're going to give them the, the best you got. You're going to give them your parting words. And this is what we get from Jesus the parting words, Acts 1, verse 4. He says, guys, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift. He promised, as I told you before, because John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Yeah, come on, you parents, you ever been trying to tell your kids something really important? And they're like, but yeah, can I watch TV? And you're like, are you even listening right now? Are you listening to what I'm trying to say? Like Jesus is telling them the most important things and they're like, hey, yeah, but about that whole thing about like Israel being the most important place and being like the crown of all the nations. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus says the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they're not for you to know. In other words, guys, don't be so concerned about when I'm coming back, be more concerned about what you're going to do until I come back. Right, we've got, we've got way too many Christians trying to get out of the world when Jesus is trying to send us into the world. Come on, this is, Christianity isn't about escaping from the issues of the world. It's about cannonballing into the middle of the mess and bringing the kingdom wherever you go. That's the big idea. So he says, you're gonna receive power. Everybody say power. Power, that word power right there is the Greek word dunamis, which is actually where we get the word dynamite from. Jesus says, you're gonna get dynamite when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And in that moment, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Those four places are actually where we get the four pillars, the four um, missions of this church here at at Victory, up here on the walls. And what Jesus is telling those guys um, is that they're gonna be doing the same thing that Jesus did. Again, they're gonna be casting out demons, they're gonna be healing the sick, they're gonna be preaching the good news, but he says, you're not gonna do any of it until you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we are completely, here's the bad news, okay? We are completely incapable of doing what Jesus did in our own strength because some of you have tried and you fell on your face and so you stopped. But the better news is, even though we are completely incapable of doing what Jesus did in our own strength, we are completely capable of doing what Jesus did when we have what Jesus had, the power of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit is God giving us the ability to continue the ministry of Jesus here on the earth. Come on, how many of you want the dynamite of God? How many of you want that? No, I, I actually just like going to church and just trying to be a good person and just grunting it out and hoping to die one day and maybe I'll go to heaven. No, listen, I'm not talking about heaven and hell today. I'm talking about, do you want life and life more abundantly? Do you wanna bring the kingdom of heaven to the world around you? Do you wanna have life and life to the fullest? Listen, if you want the dynamite of God, what you really want is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice this here in Acts 1.8. He says, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, upon you. Even uh, Jesus says it in Luke 24 in a little bit of a different way. He says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city, Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power From on high. Can you get that mental picture? Almost like a robe, that Jesus wants to put a robe of power and authority on our shoulders. Even when Jesus begins his ministry, he comes back from being tempted by by the devil in the desert, and he says he's full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he comes into town, opens up the scroll to Isaiah um, 61, and he quotes it, and he says what? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Upon me. So I have good news for you. It's here that we find out that the Holy Spirit is not just God with us as, a, as, our, as our comforter, our, our counselor, our guide. He's not just God in us, so we'll never be alone. He's also God upon us so that we can continue the ministry of Jesus. God with us, God in us, and God upon us is who the Holy Spirit is. And, but here's, here, I know this, I know this. I know that there is a whole lot of stigma around this idea. I live in the same world you do. I, listen, I grew up Presbyterian. Come on, somebody. Right now, some of you are just like, hey, like, when are they gonna do the snake handling part because we're talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit? Which is so funny because we do that part at the end of service. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, if you'll stick with me, what I wanna do is I want to show you why the baptism of the Holy Spirit may just be the greatest gift that you could ever receive after salvation in Jesus Christ. Let me, let me tell you my story, okay? So uh, in 1997, I was a freshman at UGA God's College. Amen, glory, hallelujah. All praise to Jesus. Um, so about six weeks in, uh, I found out that this is not a Christian university. So about six weeks in, um, <laughs> I'm, man, I'm getting in trouble already. I'm doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. And I've, I found, like, I had, like, one foot in the world and, like, one foot in God. Anybody ever been there before? Some of you are like, that was last night. Um, <laughs> and I found this, when you're living like that, I found out you, you can't do either very well, right? Like, I'm not living for the world very well, but I'm also not living for God very well. And God's like, hey, if you ever wanna go anywhere, Pick. Like, you gotta choose, right? Which path are you gonna walk down? And so they're just about six weeks in, um, it was Halloween weekend 97, my next door neighbor in the door, um, knocked on the door, uh, he was a preacher's kid too, and so uh, he invited me to this retreat, like this college retreat they were doing, and I was like, man, I don't know, I don't wanna go to that church thing, but all right, I'm not doing anything else, I'll go. And how many of you know there, there are only probably a handful of times that you can look back on on life with certainty, knowing if I had not said yes, I would not be here today, yeah. right? Sometimes, man, there is power in saying yes to God when he leads you down a path. And so I remember we go up to the hills of North Georgia, right, mountain, we call them mountains, but they're like hills, you know? And, um, <laughs> So we go up to North Georgia. And I remember the first night, it's total college. we're playing Ultimate Frisbee. Like it is the most college, young person thing, right? And we have like a terrible dinner, uh, cheap dinner, right? And then what happens is uh, we go in and we have the night session, right? And so I'm a Presbyterian kid. So I have this picture in my mind of what a night session is, right? So I imagine I'm gonna walk in the room, dude's gonna be sitting on a stool, playing acoustic guitar, Michael W. Smith, Right, friends are friends forever, if the Lord's the Lord of them, right? And there's gonna be a 15 minute sermonette, we're gonna play Monopoly the rest of the night. Like that's, that's what we do, you know what I'm saying? Presbyterian, that we hold, hold it down, you know? Um, I walk into the room and little did I know, I had walked into an assembly of God. I didn't even know what that was, I didn't even know it. So I walk in the room expecting that, I walk in the room and there's two girls over there yelling in tongues and I'm like, I think I made eye contact with the guy who invited me. I'm like, bro, come on, trust factor is zero. Like what? I've never heard tongues before, but that has to be tongues, right? And so, (laughs) uh, so what I do, there's probably about 10 rows in the room, not many people there. And I I sit on the last row by the exit door, right? Because I'm like, one move, guys. If I see the snakes, y'all drinking something weird, like, I'm out, right? And everybody else is sitting up at the front of the room. There's like five rows between me and every, I'm by myself, right? If a picture could speak a thousand words, right? And so the pastor gets up and he says, hey guys, I was gonna preach tonight, but I'm not gonna preach. In fact, what I wanna do, um, we're just gonna intercede. And I was like, I don't know that word. What What is that? We're gonna go after God, we're gonna have fire for God. I don't know any of these words. And uh, he says, in fact, in fact, he grabs a chair and he puts it in the middle of the room. He says, in fact, this is the hot seat. If you want prayer, come up and sit in the seat. I'm like, why would anybody ever wanna sit in that seat? I want nobody looking at me, touching me. Like, what's wrong with you guys, right? And in unison, it was like the whole room stood up and went to the front and started like, ah! And I'm like, what is going on? And pro, I don't even know how long it was, but um, one of the leaders uh, came back and he sat next to me. So now there's two of us in the back of the room, right? And he's like, hey man, what do you, what do you think about what's going on? I was like, I have no context for this. I don't, I don't know what to think about this. But thank God for leaders who will find people sitting by themselves and will sit down and be a friend to them. His name was Sean. I mean, I wouldn't be here today without Sean, right? And about 10 minutes later, I still can't explain it to this day. I mean, I can't. But I, I was like, well, it doesn't seem that bad what they're doing, right? And so I like stand up. This is, I wish this had been recorded, okay? You guys know me now. You didn't know me then, okay? So, like, so I stand up and I walk up there, right? And so everybody, again, in my, in my Presbyterian mind at that time, like everybody's like, ah, like wailing, gnashing of teeth. And I'm like, I'm just standing there like looking at him. you know. And I'm like, well, I'm here. I might, might as well pray. And so I close my eyes. And all of a sudden, I, again, I didn't have language for it, but this conviction of God comes upon me of how I've been living. And I'm like, God, I'm sorry. I know that's not who I'm called to be. the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak god help me to live for you god i want it you know that i want to live for you god help me to be all in for you and then i again nobody told me to i can't even explain it i got down on my knees never prayed on my knees before in my life and i'm sitting there god help me oh god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and then this conviction right behind it this conviction of being afraid to talk about jesus like the fear of man is what I call it. Now, like being, longing for the approval of people more than I long for the approval of God. Like that started coming upon me. And I'm telling you, never before in my life, I'm on my hands and my knees and I'm just saying, God, no more fear, no more fear, no more fear, no more fear, no more fear. And my, the next door neighbor in the dorm, the guy who invited me came up, put his hand on my back. He's like, that's right, man, just pray it out. And I'm like, no more fear, no more fear. And I'm like, what the... going on right now? And I just kept doing it. And I spent probably the next hour and a half praying in tongues. And I remember in the midst of that, I'm like, can I stop this? And I was like, I could stop this, but why would I wanna stop this? It was like this dam had burst in my soul. And my spirit was like, finally, Goodness gracious, you've been keeping me locked up for so long, right? And I'm telling you, here's what I did. I remember at some point I got up and I start walking around the room praying for people. I find this girl, like, I'm like. <laughs> I find this girl with hearing aids. And I'm like, <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing. But here's what I'm telling you. Nobody told me to. Nobody taught me to. I'm telling you, I just did it. And since that day, here's the motto that I've lived with. Here's the motto I've lived with. If it's God's, I want it. If it's God's, I don't have to understand it all. (laughs) But listen, if he wants it for me, I want it. If the kingdom wants to come in that fashion, I want it. If it's in the mind of God, I want it. If it's God's, I want it. Because on that night, I became a different person because I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was on fire. Listen, I had seen bold people before. I had seen passionate people before, but I didn't have that. I I thought there was something special about them. Listen, nothing special about them, but there was something special upon them because it was the Holy Spirit (laughs) upon them. And Jesus came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I'm telling you on that day, I got a fire that I didn't even know was possible because the Holy Spirit was now not just with me, not just in me. The Holy Spirit was upon me. And when I got back from that trip, I was so excited. I emailed everybody that I knew and told them what had happened. And they all thought I was in a cult. Of course, of course, but I didn't care. I really didn't care. Why? Because the tomb was empty. (laughs) Jesus was alive. The Holy Spirit (laughs) was upon me. And I was just starting to realize that God wants to actually empower me to continue the works of Jesus. That didn't ascend with Jesus and is locked up in heaven somewhere. He said, I'm not gonna leave you as an orphan. I'm gonna send you the same power that I had to do the same work that I did. I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. And so what I did when I came back, I actually began, um, I wanted to study to find out like what was actually going on. Because again, I had no understanding. I literally had no clue what was going on. And so, because it felt right, but I I remember my prayer was, God, I don't wanna just do something because it was in the room, right? I know I didn't fake that, but I I don't know what that is. So can you show me in scripture where this is, right? And Cliff Notes, I have really good news for you. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is 100% scriptural, 100% of the Bible, 100% available to you. It's not just for the apostles, it's not just for the handful of disciples you know, in the Bible, right, whoever. Whoever believes in Jesus is available to you. So I, I read what, what John the Baptist said about Jesus in Luke 3.16. We all know John 3.16, but what about Luke 3.16? I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I remember reading this, and I, I realized that John wasn't talking to Jesus's 12 disciples he wasn't talking to the 120 in the upper room. What he was saying was when the Messiah comes, this is what he brings. He brings the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And I want you to notice this right there, he, right? Who is the one who's baptizing us with the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not just this random force that's moving around. No, the Father sends the Son and the Son sends the Spirit. And then I looked at Jesus' water baptism, Mark 1:10 just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And it's, it's not until this moment that Jesus's um, ministry really begins, his ministry of miracles and the supernatural begins on the other side of the father imparting identity and the Holy Spirit coming upon him in power. And then I saw on the day of Pentecost, remember um, Jesus told the disciples to go back to Jerusalem and to wait. So what happened when they waited? Acts two, verse four. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Whoa, some of you are really getting nervous right now. Listen, here, here's a question for you. Do you have a natural God or a supernatural God? Okay, that's what I thought. 25 years. After, after the day of Pentecost, 25 years after Jesus ascends into heaven, Paul is traveling around to this place called Ephesus in Acts 19, 25 years later. Here's what it says. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So right, here, we, we, here's what it addresses. People say, well, when I, got, when I became a Christian, I got everything that I'll ever need. For heaven, yes. But I'm here today to tell you There's more of God. There's more of God to be had. You don't believe me. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe in the answer? No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Some of these guys went to the same church you did growing up. (laughs) So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? Well, John's baptism, they replied. So, so uh, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then what happened? Paul placed his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. Here's what I want you to notice. This is not one day after the day of Pentecost. This is not one week. It's not one month. It's not one quarter. It's not one year. Like this is 25 years later. The apostle Paul, the greatest apostle that ever lived is traveling the world trying to find believers in Jesus to have them receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, as I was reading this, I thought, man, the Holy Spirit is all over the New Testament. In fact, all over the whole Bible. But the baptism, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is all over the New Testament. In fact, if you grew up on a desert island, right, with nothing to read but the Bible, you would think that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is normal Christianity. But the problem is today we're growing up in certain cultures that dismiss certain things and and bad talk certain things, or or we've tried certain things. And so we just gave up on it. But this is why A.W. Tozer said this, the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity, it is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. This is not superhero Christianity, this is normal Christianity. This is the continuation of the ministry of Jesus. In fact, I'd say it like this. Uh, I saw three major separate um, life events here that that Christians can go through. So there are three types of Christians. There's believers in Jesus, right? This is where you get born again. Today, I'm not talking about hell or heaven. Listen, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you get all you need for salvation, right? But then the believer's baptized in water. This is taking that next step. You you see this many times in services, going down with the old, coming up to live a resurrected life, right? Like I've been crucified with Christ. The life I live, I live no longer uh, um, in my own. I live by faith in the Son of God. I want my character to be refined, the Holy Spirit working within us, the fruit of the Spirit to make us more like Jesus. But then there's this other place of believers baptized in the Holy Spirit, not just the Spirit of God with me or in me, but now the Spirit of God on me to operate in the same gifts, the same power that Jesus had. Listen, you cannot read the Bible and get around this. This is normal Christianity. This is what Jesus died for. And then I look at it even in my own life and I th- see three separate but major life events, coming to faith in Jesus, getting water baptized, and then getting spirit baptized. And the Holy, let me say it like this, the Holy Spirit in you changes your inside life the Holy Spirit on you changes your outside life. And this may begin to describe modern day Christianity, right? Like a lot of the church today um, has faith in an inward work of God, right? To, To make me more like Jesus, that I would have the character of Christ. Thank God for that, right? But we've never pursued the Spirit of God on us to empower us to continue the ministry of Jesus, And we've lost sight of this, guys, that we're not just called to be good people who go to church, we're called to be God's people who change the world. And God has called us to live on his mission. Come on, Victory, like we're going all in on this this year. Like this is part of emancipating greatness. Like we're going all in on God's mission this year. We're putting all of, our, all of our chips into the middle of the table, right? That this is the year that we're gonna lead people to Jesus. This is the year that we're gonna see the kingdom come. This is the year that we're gonna see God move in our families, right? To preach the good news, to lay hands on the sick, to cast out demons. This is the ministry of Jesus. But let me say it like this. We cannot fulfill the mission of God for us without the power of God upon us. We can't fulfill the mission of God for us without the power of God upon us, that this is normal Christianity. And let me, in case you're confused, let me just say it as clear as I possibly can. I want every single one of us to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us. So let me say it like this. What happens, okay, let me just take a few minutes. What happens when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit? All right, I already just kind of mentioned it, but let me lay it out. So here's the first major change. We get a new boldness to share our faith. We get new boldness to share faith. So after Jesus rises from the dead, he finds the disciples hiding behind a locked door in an upper room. Why? Because they were afraid that what happened to Jesus was about to happen to them. Like these guys are gonna hunt us down and kill us. So they're hiding, right? And I'd say it like this, they had confidence in the message, but they didn't have boldness for the message right? So that's, that describes many of us. We have confidence in the message of Jesus, but we don't have boldness for the message of Jesus. So Jesus said, hey, you're, you're gonna do all this stuff, guys, but go wait in Jerusalem first, because if you try and launch out right now, you're gonna fall on your face, because you need the same power that I have. So on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit gets poured out, Acts 2, what do they do? They, run, they don't hold a revival in the upper room. They don't start selling tickets, selling holy water to everybody. Come on, somebody. Tent revival meeting, you know. No, they run out of the room into the world. And on that day, 3,000 people get saved because they didn't keep it inside the church. They took it into the world, right? And Peter, the guy who did just denied Jesus three times is the main preacher. <laughs> Come on. And here's what I saw is that the difference between scared hiding disciples and bold evangelistic disciples is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Listen, my prayer was, God, no more fear, no more fear, no more fear, no more fear. And when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the first thing that I started doing was actually lifting my eyes up and seeing that the fields are white for the harvest. And I started telling people about Jesus. I went back to UGA and for the first time in my life, I actually sat down and I shared Jesus with somebody. Let me say it like this. The best way I know how to put it is this. (sighs) When I was young, I prayed, God, I don't want to be afraid to share my faith. So he gave me the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and today I'm a preacher. I don't know how better to say it than that. I said, God, I'm afraid to talk about Jesus. I didn't even ask, and he gave me the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to connect those dots. Why? Because in Acts 1.8, he says, you're going to receive power to be a witness when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you can gonna be a, have the power to be a witness. Listen, I just, I just thought my job was to like be a good person, go to church and tithe. Some of you, you've just landed on that. Like that's my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tithe, I'm gonna try and be a good person and, and I'm gonna go to church on Sunday, right? But I'm here today to tell you that God has more for you. God has more for you. And listen guys, I, we've got a world out there who is completely unashamed of their sin right, even on the governmental side, right? Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, right? Like that's, that's the world around us. If the world is unashamed to talk about sex and porn and drugs and lust and, and wickedness and war, like why do we hide the best thing that's ever happened to us in our entire life? Best thing that's ever happened to the world. But here's the differentiation, here's the differentiation I'm making, is I'm not telling you to just grit your teeth and, oh God, I don't want to do it, I'm so scared, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyways, right? I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus, and I'm going to go up and I'm going to slip them a million dollar track, and I'm thinking in my heart, you're going to be so disappointed because that's not a million dollars, (laughs) it's not, but it has a little verse on the inside of it right? And I, 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 you know, would you you please? I don't know. I'm not telling you to grit your teeth and do it. What I'm saying is when you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get a fire of boldness to go and do it. That's what I'm telling you. This is why to to do the same works that Jesus did, we have to have the same power that Jesus had. And so what happens when we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? We get a new boldness to do the same works that Jesus did. Okay, here's the second thing that happened. Hang with me, hang with me, hang with me we get what's called many times, Um, not always, but we get this thing called a prayer language, a spiritual prayer language, okay? One of the most beautiful things that happens when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit is, again, many times, not always, but we get baptized um, with a new spiritual prayer language, okay? And this is where a lot of people get get hung up on this. And I say not always, because I see a lot of people leave a moment and they're like, ah, I didn't get it, right? Because you didn't quote unquote, speak in tongues. I know many people who got baptized in the Holy Spirit and even Pastor Chris up at Hamilton Mill. It was seven weeks later where he's like praying in the shower. God just couldn't get through here, right? He had all these what ifs and I'm not sure abouts and he was arguing with God all the time and he just said, all right, God, if it's yours, I want it, right? and then this thing awoken on the inside of him. So here's the deal, I know we all grew up in different church cultures, and so some, like, listen, that, that was not my church culture growing up, but some of you grew up in these charismatic or Pentecostal circles where you're like, you had to fake it till you make it, you know what I'm saying? Like, because everybody's praying in tongues, and so you're practicing in the closet, and you're like, untie my bow tie, 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 my bow tie. You know, you're, um, I found out you can, you can get away with a lot, if you talk about car companies, so like I should have bought a Kia, but I bought a Honda. So I should have bought a Kia, but I bought a Honda. Should have bought a Kia, but I <laughs> bought a. <laughs> should have bought a Ford, but I bought a Chevy. Should have bought a Ford, should have bought a Maserati, but I bought a Audi. Should have bought a Maserati, but I bought a Audi. <laughs> I acknowledge the tension in the room, right, whenever we start talking about this, okay? Whenever we start talking about speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. But that's because we don't understand it, right? And we've seen it abused. We've seen weird people do weird things and blame the Holy Spirit. I get all that, okay? If you you are freaked out about tongues, I am the chief of you, right? Because um, I've been there first until I came to realize what a blessing it is. All right, and let, let, me just, let me just spend like two minutes on it, okay? Um, I think the first thing what we have to do is we have to differentiate between what I would call the gift of tongues and the grace of tongues, okay? And we see both, right, we see both. So the gift of tongues is what I would say you find in 1 Corinthians 12, all right? We're not, we're not gonna do a deep dive, okay? If you wanna do a deep dive this week, that's awesome. Go for it, okay? But 1 Corinthians 12, uh, it talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. One of those is speaking in different kinds of tongues, Okay, that's very important. Different kinds of tongues. That's actually saying different kinds of languages. So this is a spirit given gift to some people in different times for the sake of ministry um, uh, to, to, again, advance the mission of Jesus. So I know people, I uh, actually know several, I know two people, uh, one of which uh, felt like God had called them to be a missionary in Mexico, and, but they didn't know Spanish. They had never taken a lesson of Spanish in their life. Boom, they woke up one day and knew Spanish. I know some of you are like, false, (laughs) fake news. Listen, man, do you have a natural faith or a supernatural faith? Like, do you have a natural God or? I know know it's stretching. I understand that stretching, but do you understand how much of what you believe is stretching anyways? Like God was born in a virgin? You believe that one, but you don't think that God can make somebody speak Spanish? That's a gift. That's a gift, right? So that's the gift of speaking in different tongues, but there's also a grace of what we would call your spiritual prayer language, okay? This is what's found in 1 Corinthians 14. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14. Some of you may just wanna do a deep dive. Live in 1 Corinthians 14 for the next few days, okay? Just like read it over and read it over and try and get in Um, it, okay? Because it's here, Paul begins laying it out. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. He says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Okay, this is where we start. If you wanna understand what is praying in tongues, it's your spirit praying, okay? My mind is unfruitful, but my spirit is praying, why? Because you are a spirit, you have a soul and you live in a body. And so Paul goes on in this, like we learn how to speak earthly language, but your spirit, your born-again spirit knows how to pray a spiritual language, right? Your, your spirit doesn't speak English. Come on, I'm saying, come on. Paul even says it like this, you know, that I will, I will pray in the tongues of men and I will pray in the tongues of angels. That's what he's talking about, right? So what should I do? I should pray in the natural and I should pray in the spiritual. These are all things that Paul's talking about here in First Corinthians 14. So what is praying in tongues? Praying in tongues is your born again spirit praying to God. That's what it is, guys. It, have you ever been like, I don't know what I should pray? Right? That, that's where this comes in and you're like, thank God, right? Because now my born again spirit can pray alongside the Holy Spirit and no one knows the mind of a man except for the spirit of man and no one knows the mind of God except for the spirit of God. And so the Holy Spirit with us, we can join in to pray the perfect will of God. So when I see an ambulance pass by, I just start praying in tongues. Why? Because I don't know what they need, but God does, right? So I know I can pray the perfect will of God for their life. Right? Whenever I hit a wall, I'm, pr- listen, here's, here's what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. You're like, that's in the Bible? Yeah. We just didn't grow up reading that. Well, well, well what? 1 Corinthians 14, 8. 8 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. This is Paul. This is the same Paul who wrote more of the Bible than you did. <laughs> all right? Paul said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Some of you didn't grow up in that church. It's Sunday morning service. Right? What Paul's talking about, there's a difference between public and private. There's a difference in public and private. So in the church, let me just help you, okay? This is biblical. In the church, we're not gonna just stand up and start yelling in tongues. Why? Because that's distracting. Paul would say that's out of order, right? So what are we gonna do? We're gonna instruct, right? We're gonna do this, right? But in our own personal prayer time, like even in worship, I pray I pray in tongues in worship, but I don't pray like a distracting way because what I don't wanna do is distract you from worshiping Jesus. Some of you need to hear that. Worship's not about you. Worship's not about how loud you can pray in tongues. <laughs> This is for you to edify your soul, right? I know I, know I was feeling it today. Uh, that's great, that's great. You can feel it in the car, you know what I'm saying? Like, Turn up the worship loud, go for it, right? But when we're in here, I don't wanna distract you away from worshiping Jesus because worship's not about me, right? And so what happens is this, this spiritual prayer language is my born again spirit praying to God, right? But in the, in the, in the church setting, we're gonna do this, right? It, it, Paul even says it in 1 Corinthians 14, don't forbid speaking in tongues. We're not forbidding speaking in tongues, but we're putting it in its proper place, right? But there is a gift of tongues, but there's also a grace of tongues. Why should I want it? Why? Because it, edi- Paul says it, it edifies my inner man. It builds me up. It makes me stronger. My Praying in tongues is my born again spirit praying to the Father, the perfect will of God. Paul says, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. Isn't it time that you let your spirit pray? Isn't it time? So what happens when when I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I get a new boldness to talk about Jesus. I get a new prayer language. Lastly, I get new power to operate in the supernatural. I get new power to operate in the supernatural. So Jesus said, whoever believes in me will do the same works that I have been doing. And we can only do what Jesus did by the same power that Jesus had, the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, just like there are nine fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, which we're gonna talk about next week, there are also nine gifts of the Holy Spirit found in 1 Corinthians 12, which, which Pastor Dennis is gonna be here in two weeks and we're gonna unpack that, okay? So we're gonna talk about through the Spirit then we're gonna talk about the gifts of the Spirit over the next two weeks, okay? So if you got questions, hold the questions. Don't be like, here's an hour's worth of questions in the lobby, okay? Like just over the next two weeks, it'll play out. But I wanna go ahead and introduce the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse seven. Now to each one, The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. This is God's wisdom, unnatural wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge. Sometimes when you hear us pray for the sick, We'll say like, hey, there's somebody here who has a liver, whatever, your knee issue, whatever that is, that's a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. There, there is a thing of growing your faith by knowing the character, the will of God and the scriptures, but there's also a gift of faith that causes you to step out of the boat and walk on the water. To another, gifts of healing where you can pray, lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I remember the first time that happened to me. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, spirit speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So Paul lays out the gifts of the spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 and he talks about how to operate in those things in order in 1 Corinthians 14. So it's not just chaos, right? Here's what I'm trying to say. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just to be a witness, Acts 1, 8, to be a witness, Right? Uh, with our faith, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is definitely not just about praying in tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is ultimately to give us power to continue the full ministry of Jesus. That's what it is. Jesus did not just come preaching. In fact, um, a pastor out in Texas, Robert Morris, here's what he says. He said that the ministry of Jesus was threefold, right? Preaching the gospel, healing the sick, and casting out demons. But in the modern church, we do one of those. We preach the the gospel, right? Thank God for the gospel. But we don't cast out demons if we don't heal the sick. So we end up with a lot of sick, oppressed Christians. Because we only do a third of the ministry of Jesus. What would happen? Instead of just allowing the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we actually allowed the work of the Holy Spirit upon us to continue the full ministry of Jesus. See guys, God wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. More than you want it, he wants it for you. Jesus wanted it for you, Peter wanted it for you, Paul wanted it for you, the disciples wanted it for you, right, John the Baptist wanted it for you. The question is, do you want it? And too many of us had an encounter with the Holy Spirit where we started speaking in tongues and we stopped. We thought the whole thing was just about speaking in tongues. We stopped, right? And I'm telling you today that whoever believes in Jesus can have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do the same works that Jesus did, to continue on sharing your faith in power and in boldness operating in a spiritual prayer language where you're born again spirit can pray the perfect will of God and then operating in the power of the Holy Ghost, right? To lay hands on the sick, to have words of wisdom and words of knowledge. How much would it change your life if you were able to go into your workplace and know how God is feeling about somebody or what God is saying? Or when you see somebody who's sick, you can actually do something about it in the name of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. It's possible because there's more for you. Come on, God didn't just call us to be good people who go to church, he called us to be God's people who change the world, right? Why? Because now it's our turn. One more time, let's say it together. Now it's our turn. Come on, one more time. Now it's our turn. The world around you needs the spirit of God on you to fulfill the mission of God through you. That's why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's do this, let's bow our heads, let's pray. And we're, gonna, we're gonna press into this right now, okay? Even 1 Corinthians 14, one says, eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit. God, I I pray that we, I I know that we aren't there right now, but right, right now I pray that you would give us the gift of hunger. Come on, even in your own soul, just begin praying that. God, there's been pandemic stuff. There's now war stuff. God, there's sickness things. There's job things. There's family. There's all these things that are happening. And God, we're being taken out by the minutia of it all. What my marriage needs is for me to be sold out for the gospel, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Right now, God, raise up a hunger in me for more. Here's what I know. We gotta start at this place of just saying, God, if it's yours, I want it. (laughs) Can you say that in your soul? God, if it's yours, I want it. And I know this, that the best news to the world is John 3.16, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. That is the best news to the world. But the best news to the church is Acts 1-8, that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses, to be my witnesses, bearing witness with speech and with power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. So God, we embrace John three sixteen, but we also embrace Acts 1, 8 here. But here's what I know. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he convinces us that we're sinners in need of a savior. And so let me just say this, let me be really clear about this, is that you cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you're dead on the inside. And the only way to come alive is by encountering Jesus Christ. And here's what the Holy Spirit does. He convinces us that we're sinners in need of a savior. But then he says, the good news is there is a savior and his name is Jesus. And he brings us to Jesus Christ. The one who conquered our sin, took the payment for it and brings eternal life. And so if you're here today, or maybe you're online and you say, hey, the Holy Spirit is not because of what you said. I, I feel like God's, I can't even explain it. But God's convincing me that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Here's what I want you to do. Just raise your hand. Just say, that's me. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Yeah, come on. There's no shame in this. This is one of the most beautiful things we could ever do. One of the most honest things we could ever do. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Mm. My life changed in a moment like this. You can put your hands down. We need to identify ourselves before God sometimes. But here's the good news. The Holy Spirit doesn't just leave us in that place to say, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. He says, the good news is the savior has come. The price has already been paid. It is finished, right? You're... The penalty for your sin has been paid for. And the way we enter into it is by repentance, turning from our way and embracing a life of Jesus by faith. And so here's what I wanna do. I wanna lead us in a prayer. And let's start in this place, okay? And family of God around you is gonna pray with you, but let's start in this place. Say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for going to the cross to pay my sin debt so I could be forgiven and free. So right now, I turn from my sin, I repent my wicked ways, and I turn to Jesus. I can't save myself, but Jesus, you can. (laughs) So today, I put my faith in you. Right now, I am forgiven, all because of Jesus. I am free, all because of Jesus. Right now, I'm a child of God, all because of Jesus. Heaven is my home, and I'm a sent one today. In Jesus' name. God, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Amen. Amen. Oh, God, we celebrate with the angels in heaven. The gift of eternal life, the gift of forgiveness of sins, the gift of being able to partner in life with you. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of being born again. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, thank you. God, where would we be if it wasn't for Jesus? And God, I pray that you you would provoke our hearts, God, to have that same earnest passion for the world around us. God, there are countless hundreds and thousands and millions and even billions in this world today who don't know Christ, who their sins are still on them. God, help us to love what you love and hate what you hate. God, help us to be the ones who are sent. And here's what I know. To continue the ministry of Jesus, we have to have the same power that Jesus had to do what Jesus did. We have to have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit upon us. God, I thank you for God with us, the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the Holy Spirit in us, but God, right now I ask you for the Holy Spirit upon us to continue the ministry of Jesus, because you said, whoever believes in me will do the same works that I have been doing. So here's what I wanna do, guys. We're gonna have a moment here where the band's gonna lead us, but I I want us to have just, just an expression of hunger inside this house, and here's what I'd say. Some of you say, I need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. One of the other languages you'll hear in church is I need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. What people are really saying is I've allowed that fire to die down. What I really need is I need to press back in and have a hunger for God, to have a hunger for the Spirit, to have a hunger to continue the ministry of Jesus. So here's what I'm gonna say all across this room. If you're watching online, I wanna invite you. Say, if I I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I need you to stand up to your feet right now. I need you to stand up to your feet right now. I need a refilling of the Holy Spirit. I need you to stand up to your feet right now. Listen, we're not playing games, guys, the world around us doesn't have time for us to play games. But if you're saying, I wanna be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I wanna continue the ministry of Jesus, not for my own fame or for my own glory, but so the kingdom of heaven would come, so the lost would be found, so the sick would be healed, so the blind eyes would be opened, so that the poor would be provided for. God, so that the kingdom of heaven would come. Come on, stand up to your feet. And here's here's where it starts. Am I a born again Christian? Okay, check. Do I understand that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for whoever who believes? Check. Right, here's a question. Do you desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Again, 1 Corinthians 14:1. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Is there a desire on the inside of us? If not, ask God first for the gift of hunger. Come on, God, make me hungry. God, I want what you want for me. If it's yours, I want it. I think something we also need to do, maybe in this moment, is spend 10 seconds, maybe repenting of of sinning against the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of us have mocked the move of the Holy Spirit. We've been cynical, we've been jaded, we doubted. We pushed him away. Just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for laughing at that joke. I'm sorry for mocking that thing in my heart because, because this area has been abused, but there's a purity that God brings to the Holy Spirit. And what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna say, repeat after me, say, Jesus, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Come on, just begin praying that in your heart. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Listen, really clearly, We're we're not asking to speak in tongues. What we're asking is that God would clothe us with power by the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus. And whatever comes with it, God, if it's yours, I want it. Right? And here's the deal. Here's what I say. The Holy Spirit won't open up your mouth to speak for you. Just open up your mouth and just start praying. God, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on now, the team's gonna start leading us in this. Here's what they're gonna do. They're gonna sing. I don't want you singing along with them. I need you to press in to this moment with God. What we're doing is creating an atmosphere right here. Don't sing the lyrics. Just have a moment with God and say, God, I need the power of Jesus Christ to do the ministry of Jesus Christ. God, I need, my family needs this. God, my marriage needs this. My kids need this. My neighborhood needs this. Come on. My family needs this. My, my workplace needs this. My parents need it through me. God, the world needs the power of God on the people of God to do the work of God, to fulfill the mission of God. God, not for our own name, not for our own glory, but for the glory of Jesus Christ. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. God, even right now, by the hand of God, Jesus Christ, baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come on, with fire, with fire. Come on, even in your own heart, just start praying. Say, Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Open up your mouth, just begin praying. Come on, don't sing the song, just begin praying. Have a moment with the Lord.